Trading in futures products entails significant risk of loss, which must be understood prior to trading and may not be appropriate for all investors. Good morning, everybody. It's Monday, December 4th, 527 a.m. Central Time. Mixed trade in the grain markets this morning. March corn futures down one and a half at 483 and a quarter. March soybeans down nine at 1336 and a half. March Chicago wheat up three cents at 605 and three quarters. March Kansas City wheat up a quarter at 647. March spring wheat down two and a half at 727 and three quarters. Let's start off with the evil speculators this morning. Large money managers increased their net short position in the corn market last week. CFTC released weekly commitment of traders data on Friday. During the week ending November 28th, the funds were net sellers, sellers of 10,000 contracts of corn. The net short of 212,000 contracts is the largest since mid-2020. Funds were also net sellers of 15,000 contracts of soybeans and 7,000 contracts of SRW wheat on the week. There was probably a little bit of fund buying in the corn market late last week following the uh, basis contract fiasco. When you look at the chart of, of managed money, this is what who we call the funds. Now keep in mind, guys, there are always funds who are short. There are always funds who are long. This is the net position. You've got the largest net short since June of 2020. And uh, that time frame when the funds would be short, 150, 200,000, not associated with really great price action, generally speaking. Um, that was when corn was in the three to four, four and a half dollar range, was kind of the top end of the range. And we just haven't seen this in the last three years. I mean, from fourth quarter of 2020 through really the entirety of, of the 2022 calendar year, the funds were exclusively net long the corn market. They were never short. Now, this, from a fundamental standpoint, it makes sense. Look at this chart and then look at this next one. The fundamentals have changed, so the fund sentiment have changed. And granted, this is a projection from USDA in terms of stocks-to-use ratio, but when stocks-to-use ratio goes up and, and goes up drastically like it's being projected to do, um, prices go down and the funds get it. They get it. They're short the market because they see bearish fundamentals. They see a ton of carry in the market. So for the moment, yeah, the fund trader has its... Uh, foot on the neck of the corn market, I suppose. Well-followed private group Stone X is projecting Brazil's soybean crop to reach 161.9 million tons, down from the previously projected 165.03 million tons. USDA recently reduced its estimate for this season's crop to 163 million tons, and CONAB has dropped its projection to 162.4 million tons. Stone X also reduced its forecast for Brazil's first and second corn crops. The group is projecting the first crop to reach 26.45 million tons, and the second crop is seen at 97.33 million tons. The range of estimates regarding Brazilian soybean production is huge. So you've got Stonex out with a little bit more optimistic estimate near 162, which is pretty close to the government entities. But then you had some of the, the private groups out last week, like uh, Patria was out with a 150 or 151. Um, that difference, like, so the difference in the, in the range, like 162 down to one, call it 150, 12 million metric tons is 440 million bushels. That's like twice the U S carryout. So we're talking a, a tremendous difference in production prospects, depending on who it is that you'd like to believe. Now, um, nobody knows for sure what it's going to be. There's rain on the radar in Brazil this morning and in some of the, uh, more important 
soybean growing areas. Mato Grosso's got some rain this morning. Further south of there has some rain this morning. So maybe on a day like today, you come in to start a new week, you've got some rain on the radar. This is like uh, a storm system being over Iowa in, in late June or something, like maybe the, the equivalent of to that in some extent. It's just it's tough for the market to rally when they see this. Forecast is like, I don't think it's great. So the next three days, they're going to see rains in, in the western areas. I've circled what I kind of roughly Brazilian soybean country in, in this map here. But western areas and far south are going to catch some rains. And then if you go out seven to ten days, yeah, there's going to be some better coverage. But it's still not going to be the normal seasonal stuff that you see uh, during the month of December as it relates to rainfall. So I don't know if I'd call it bearish. I don't know if I'd call it bullish. I think the rain on the radar this morning is probably enough for uh, a slight setback, which is what we've got. So if you guys have not already checked out our premium content, you need to do so. On Friday, we did our bi-weekly social media circus. We covered comments concerning inflation, buying wheat calls, the U.S. economy, uh, and a whole gambit of other interesting thoughts. Um, who was on on Friday? Matt. Oh, Matt was on and Shay was on too. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we, the, the title of it was tell me why, because I used a backstreet boys reference. Um, when somebody said that, if, that farmers should buy wheat calls. Um, there were some other, I forget. We had a lot of good stuff. These, these videos turn into like, uh, I feel like they turn into educational type stuff, even though they start off being kind of funny and light. But, um, if you guys want to see the premium deal, remember, this is the best way to support what we're doing here. There's a new premium video every day. We keep it light on Fridays, but, uh, there's some hardcore grain marketing stuff during the week, every single business day, guys, new video, uh, email every single business day at 5am central time, all of our grain marketing recommendations, uh, go to standardgrain.com. This is a $50 per month subscription. You can cancel at any time. No other fee, no other obligation. Nobody will try to sell you anything else. Uh, check that deal out this morning. I'll forward you a copy of this morning's email. A worsening situation on the Panama Canal may hinder U.S. grain exports. Low water levels on the canal as a result of drought have rendered the canal almost useless as it relates to grain shipments. Higher capacity ships containing liquefied natural gas and petroleum continue to use the canal at reduced rates. U.S. grain shipments out of the Gulf have suffered as they are being rerouted through the Suez Canal, a trip that adds cost and about 10 days of travel to to Asian destinations. The US PNW market is good, but offers limited capacity. This is not a new story necessarily, but it's an ongoing story. This is an old map from IHS market, and it was in relation to uh, LNG shipments. But if you look at the green path uh, from the Gulf to Asia, it's a hell of a lot shorter and easier than the red path, which takes you through either the Suez Canal or around the southern tip of Africa. So this has... Um, really had an impact on shipments out of the Gulf in particular when it comes to U.S. grains. We're doing a lot of business out of the PNW. We're actually shipping a lot of corn uh, via rail to Mexico. So those two uh, means of transportation are in good shape. But the uh, river situation here in the United States, which is uh, I think the levels on the Mississippi are projected to fall drastically again here over the next week. Throw that in the mix with the Panama Canal. And yeah, you've got export issues. Uh, shipments of all three crops, corn, soybeans, and wheat, they're not where they need to be to hit USDA projections. So uh, just throw this on the laundry list of problems that we have. USDA reported flash sales of U.S. soybeans on Friday. U.S. exporters sold 132,000 metric tons of soybeans to, soybeans to China uh, for delivery during the current marketing year. Exporters also sold 198,000 metric tons of soybeans to unknown destinations for delivery during the current marketing year. The U.S. soybean export book is running 17% below the same period last year. 
We're doing all right. We've seen an improvement. I feel like the flash sales have been a little bit more frequent here as of late. I still think a ton of this will hinge on just how big is the Brazilian crop because if it's if it's 160 plus, I would bet China comes in and cancels some of this stuff eventually. If it's not, then China is hedging their bets and will exercise those hedges, I guess, and and actually take delivery of this stuff. But I think I feel as if just because we're seeing the sales doesn't necessarily mean that we're going to see the shipments. I hope I'm dead wrong about that and we ship uh, every bit of what we're selling here. According to Fed Chair Jerome Powell, until inflation moves assuredly towards the Fed's 2% target, rates will remain elevated. Neither Powell nor any other Fed officials have given any sign that the Fed is considering cutting rates. The markets, however, are expecting the Fed to begin cutting rates as soon as March 2024. The Dow Jones has gained more than 8% over the past month on expectations that the Fed is done raising rates and will soon start making cuts. So Powell and the Fed like said one thing, but the market heard something totally different. And I didn't I didn't listen to anybody talk last week, but um, <clears throat> the odds of a cut in March are up to like 60 percent. You're talking a quarter point cut, maybe even uh, there's an eight percent chance of a half point cut uh, by March. Some of the risk assets uh, caught a bid here. The S&P is up almost 20 percent year to date. We're less than five percent from all time highs. And on the cash S&P chart, at least looks like we broke out above. Um, kind of a big, bad looking trend line last week. Uh, Bitcoin is another one that I know you guys uh, hate to hear about, but uh, it was up to like 42,000 this morning. And this thing's up 152% year to date. This has to do with a couple of things. Um, it has to do with the Fed. It has to do with um, prospects of this spot ETF and the Bitcoin people will talk about the halving and, and the uh, increased difficulty in mining that's forthcoming. But um, some crazy stuff. Uh, so some of these risk assets have caught a bit. I guess corn uh, not considered a risk asset uh, in this environment. What did uh, cattle do last week? Uh, both feeder and live cattle futures lost ground last week. As of Friday, feeder cattle futures Feeder cattle futures lost an average of 505. Uh, live cattle futures lost an average of a buck 88 last week. Cash cattle trade, of course, was also off. Up here in the north, cattle traded between 174 to 175. That was two to three dollars lower compared to the previous week. It was the same story down in the south. Cattle traded between 174 to 175, which was also two to three dollars softer compared to the previous week. Since the end of October, cash cattle prices have lost about ten dollars per hundredweight. Box beef also lost some ground last week. Choice ended the day on Friday at 297.46. That was down 57 cents for the week. And select ended the day on Friday at 265.49. That was a 327 lower for the week. I was looking at the CFTC stuff for cattle this morning. So as of last Tuesday, funds were still net long. 33,000 contracts of live cattle, but that position peaked at 120,000 uh, back in June. Funds actually net short a very small amount of feeder cattle, and that position peaked at, at a long of like 19,000 back in June. So the, the liquidation event, as it relates to feeder cattle at least, appears to be over for the moment. Uh, U.S. dollar is mixed this morning. Stocks are off a little bit. S&P is down 13. The Dow's down 70. Bonds are off. Crude oil is down 71 cents at 73.36. Have a great week, guys. We'll talk to you Tuesday.